Welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Before we get to today's episode, as per usual, let's just go ahead and knock out this housekeeping. So if you want to check me out on any social media platform, you can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Pretty much if you search Man the Helm, I'm probably going to be there. I don't think I'm on Twitter, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but if you don't want to do all that, you can just scroll right down in the show notes. My link tree will be there. Everything will be laid out nice and neat for you. All those links along with a link to my Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support this show. But if Patreon's not your thing, totally get it. Totally understand. The easiest and free way to help me out is to share this episode with a friend. Uh, give this a rating or review wherever you're listening to this. But really just being here and listening like you are right now is the biggest help. And I sincerely appreciate it. And last but not least, if you want to reach out a little bit more personally, you can reach out at manthehelmpodcast at gmail.com. I will personally get your email and we can talk about whatever. If you want to be a guest on the show, um, if you want to talk about life, if you want to talk about gear, you want to talk about really whatever, just no weird stuff. But this week I have an awesome guest for you guys. Uh, so let's get right on into it. Welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Today, I am sitting down with Adam Patrick Johnson. What's up, dude? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, dude. Pleasure. Um, and it's going pretty well on my end. Um, not really a whole lot going on. Pretty easy night. But um, we started talking on uh, TikTok, I believe, and I've That's been right. following you pretty regularly since then. But for listeners of this show that might not be familiar with who you are, maybe we can start with like your backstory and kind of work our way up to where we are today, because you obviously do a heck of a lot more than just TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is just the thing that seems to uh, elicit the most negative attention. So I kind of right. I've kind of kept with it. Uh, my backstory is um, been a singer and a guitar player for the majority of my life. Uh, went to school for music business. Um, nice. Was in a band uh, that did some touring, put some records out um, in the kind of warp tour kind of realm and got to do a bunch of cool stuff and when that project folded i kind of like just spent a year doing nothing gotcha yeah kind of realized i i i still wanted to play but wasn't really into the idea of uh traveling and you know being poor so for sure i uh i had a buddy that was in a very popular uh cover band in my area and i was like hey you guys looking for like sub musicians like if somebody gets sick or whatever mm -hmm. and uh they were like well yeah i guess so and so i ended up auditioning for a group called yacht rock review which now is like a national touring act mm -hmm. um, that are playing like sheds and you know big theaters and stuff uh, i worked with them for a number of years and was like i think i could probably start my own group so i i did i started an 80s group called members only and that did really well and it kind of spun off from there but in the process of that i screwed up a lot and made of a bunch of mistakes and had to learn how to run a business uh, mm -hmm. from the ground up. So uh, in the process of kind of finding my way and screwing things up, I was like, maybe other people don't have to go through all of the crap that I went through in order to like get where they need to go. Yep. So I started a, uh, a blog called Cover Band Confidential. That turned into a podcast and then a YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and, and I kind of have a personal... Uh, presence on tiktok uh the podcast also does uh but i think 
my uh, opinions on guitar culture and the way that musicians behave online is more interesting to uh, the the uh, people general population. So that's yeah. where most of my people most of my attention is currently. Yeah, I would agree. It's always funny to me because you know in real life. Every time I've been in a situation hanging out with, you know, bands or hanging out with individual musicians, everybody is so super cool. But then it's just like you get behind a keyboard or you get behind a cell phone and everybody's kind of a jerk. It seems not everybody, but, you know, they there's a, there's a filter there now or not a filter. A um, There's something blocking you now from that personal interaction. So you feel like you can say things or do things that you normally wouldn't do in person. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think I, I, I haven't honestly had that experience that often i've definitely That's dealt good. with unpleasant human beings in real life that play music yeah um, for sure I, I feel like there's there's just as many of them out there um and some people are exactly who they are in real life as they are online and that's true. uh somehow worse yeah but yeah yeah i just I, th I think it's funny though because it's like um a lot of people from from what i've seen what what you're talking about is you know running it like a business and that yeah. is something that needs to be said because a lot of people they don't want to think of it that way they think it sounds disgusting or whatever it's oh it's about the passion it's but that's true but at the same time you want to eat right yep you want to make this into your job you want to make this but but if you're going to make it into your job you have to treat it as such and you can't just you know go off the rails and do whatever you want you know you well, have to have a plan that's my biggest gripe is that people who say they want to make music their livelihood most of them are pardon my french they're full of shit yeah because they're not willing to do the things that it requires to make money playing your instrument. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to do that, you've got to, unless you are a songwriting production recording artist phenom and can do it all yourself and can put out like a commercial product, you're going to be working for somebody else. Yeah. And that means that you're going to have to learn somebody else's songs and you're going to have to just get with the program and be able to do the things necessary to collect a check playing uh playing your instrument so yeah um most people that that's a that's a, a pill that most people aren't willing to uh take and for sure i'm just out there just shoving it in people's faces every, every right. day well i mean i i don't know i've had a few friends around that you know don't like the cover band stuff and it's like okay you can not like the cover band stuff all you want but at the same time if you want to do something to make some money that's a pretty easy way to go about it as long as you you know you're kind of smart about it, at least from my experience, you know, it's like getting those gigs, they might be a little slow at first, but once you start to establish yourself a little bit more, you know, you can branch out. And I mean, especially too, for me, I'm in the perfect area down in Nashville. So yeah. it's like the, those gigs are everywhere. But then on top of that, that's not the only focus that you need to do. Like you have to have multiple streams coming in. You can't just rely on being a cover band. You can't just rely on social media. You know what I mean? There's multiple things you have to think about doing. And I think that's one of the things that's a lot of work that people don't realize initially, but once they realize it, that's what they get turned off from. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I think people need to kind of like shift their mindset around that because people are like, oh, I don't want to be in a cover band. All right. Well, let's let's take this this argument to its logical conclusion. If you are we're we're both guitar players, so mm -hmm. that's kind of that's where we're going to start from. Uh, I can either be in a band that writes its own music releases music and tours. Yeah. Or I could be a guitar player that gets hired by an artist to play their songs and tour and record and all of those things. The odds that the person that you hear on the record 
is the person that's playing the part live is very minimal, especially in Nashville. Yeah. Because there's literally, it's like Brent Mason and like five other dudes play guitar on every record that's coming out uh, of the city. Mm -hmm. um, so you're doing the same job. Whether you are sitting and learning the solo to Don't Stop Believing or you, you know, pick up a, a gig with Darius Rucker, the work is the same. Yeah. And the job is the same. Mm -hmm. And I hate to break it to you, but even like bands that are like, let's say second on a, on a bill, like on like a shed tour, mm -hmm. you're probably getting paid as much per night as a dude who gets to sleep in his own bed and is, you know, playing, you know, my own worst enemy at a, at a, at a private party down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's the thing. I, I think there's a mystique of like the, the 45 minutes to hour and a half that you're on stage with that touring act that everyone's like, oh, that's so amazing. It's like, well, yeah, that 45 minutes to hour and a half when you're on the road. Yes, that is amazing. The other 23, 22 hours of the day are not so amazing. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. If that's what you want to do, just uh, you need to have that understanding going into that sort of role that that's what is going to be expected of you. It's a lot more work being on the road than what people imagine. But for guys like me, you know, I got a wife and two kids. It's so much easier for me just to work from home or, you know, go out on the weekend and play a handful of gigs, you know, or yep. maybe some lunchtime gigs, you know, and, and that works for me. I would yeah. love to go on like a short, you know, maybe like a, you know, two week doer. That'd be awesome. But that'd be about the extent of it for me, man. Cause then I, you know, I gotta be back home. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and the economics of doing that kind of thing are like nonsensical because right. ultimately you're looking for somebody who can, who can do the thing and do it at the drop of a hat. And especially in Nashville. So I, I went to school at MTSU. I, I lived okay. in Nashville yep. for a number of years, um, but it was uh, the turn of the century and I don't want to go any further into it. I got you. Um, I, you know what? This entire episode could be just about how much uh, old Nashville is different from new Nashville. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be like an entire the, the three-hour podcast that nobody mm -hmm. would listen to. Uh, but the, the competition there is so wild. And it, you, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be at a clothing store. You could be at a restaurant. You could be getting a scoop of ice cream. Odds are the person working behind the counter can play 10 times better than you. Yep. And they're also willing to play the gig for $50 less than you. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. just the way it is. It's super cutthroat. It's very competitive. And the best players around are, are there. So um, it, it can be really challenging <laughs> to find work uh, in, in a market like that. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things. It's like people need to put aside the, the ego that they have because being a good player is the bare minimum that you have to have. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just to be expected. You know, on top of being a good player, you like you said, you have to be able to take gigs at a drop of a hat. You also have to be a cool guy to hang out with because the second they realize that you're not somebody they want to be around, you're not going to get called back for anything. And especially in a town like this, that word is going to spread so quickly and no one is going to want to work with you. Yeah, you your know? reputation is everything. And I will take hang and just general likability over chops any day of the week. I know yep. plenty of great guitar players who are insufferable human beings that I would, I will not hire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I forget, I've, I'm sure it's been said by a bunch of people, but there was a guy I used to uh, play with all the time and he was an older guy. He played like um, all these old blue, blues gigs up in Chicago back in the day. And it was like 
got to have three things, man. First and foremost, you got to be good. Second, you got to show up on time. And third, you got to be a cool hang. Now, they will forgive two of those or one of those three things if yep. you have the other two. Yep. But you got to have at least two of them. You know yep. what I mean? But that, that's the problem. You get guys that maybe aren't up to par with the chops thing, but they're also kind of an asshole. It's like, well, no, dude, I'm not yep. going to want to work easy, with you. That's an easy pick. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those like, I think initially starting off when people are wanting to get into this, it's, it's more important to, to listen to people like yourself that have kind of been there and done that and try to get your mind right first. Because yeah. if you go in with a positive mindset and you kind of already, you personally don't know what to expect, but you've heard what to expect. And I think that's one of the big values of like, especially your TikTok channel. It's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're giving the, the trials and the errors up front to everybody. Like, this is the mistakes I made, or especially yeah. the podcast too. I love listening to the podcast. It's a lot of, it, it, that, that, the podcast is nice too, because it's a little more topic focused. You yeah. know, TikTok is kind of just like, not, not all over the place, but there, there's, not a, there's not a thing per week or whatever. It's just whatever you're kind of coming up with. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I intentionally tried to like do things differently because I feel like the algorithms really got me locked in this like. For sure saying things about guitar culture that will piss off old dudes absolutely and so i keep trying to like throw other stuff at it to see if i could you know maybe break out of that a little bit but that seems to be what people uh keep coming back for and yeah the the, the podcast is topical because it's like all right well i played these gigs and this happened so right. what is the uh what is the the kernel of uh truth or information that uh you can take from this to either uh, implement it or avoid it. Mm -hmm. That's really the intent behind that. And it's kind of this weird situation where sometimes uh, like a video on that I, I script out for the YouTube channel becomes a topic for the podcast, and then other times it's the other way around. Right. And each one kind of <clears throat> has the ability to like help out the other one, because if I don't quite have an idea around something, I can flesh it out over a longer format, yeah. or I can um, be able, I can, like present a topic or a particular lesson um very in, in a very structured way that uh that is also beneficial depending on you know how you're receiving it so for sure and i mean you you know better than anybody too that's you know in the world of social media and the music industry and stuff like that you have to have a wide variety of things to go off of you have to have you know multiple different ways to attack something whether it's the same subject but you're showing it in different light for instance for an Instagram post, a TikTok post, a YouTube video, a podcast, you know, you're still like saying the same stuff. It's just you, you're adapting it to that platform. That's one of the other, that's, that's a lot of the legwork that people don't understand either. It's like, well, yeah, I got a YouTube channel, but it's not doing anything. It's like, well, yeah. what, what are you, if, if the YouTube channel is the primary focus, what else are you using to funnel people to your channel? You know yeah. what I mean? I would immediately think, well, why don't you have a TikTok? Why don't you have an Instagram? You know, are you... If you're going out and playing, why aren't you showing, you know, your load in loadouts, what's happening at the gig, stuff like that. Just stuff that you would already be doing anyway, just have yeah. a camera with you or even a cell phone, really. Yeah. And I think that that's a tough thing because you, as a as a musician, you get a lot of pushback because people think you're being um, self-centered or egotistical by documenting those kinds of things. Right. Or you get the. I'm not interested in, in, you know, putting myself out there like that. I want my, my art to speak for itself. And it's like the, the, there's a, there's this entire swath of musicians who think that, uh, 
the music business works the way that it did back in like the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. where i just you know i don't have to do this i don't have to do that i'm just gonna i'm gonna make this music and, and it's it's gonna move people it's like okay but that's not how that works and for me spending my 20s in a in a van like doing the thing and you know getting where as however far that we made it and and that whole project ending like the thought of going back into that machine yeah. just sounds absolutely miserable mm-hmm. and what musicians need to understand is that in in i i might i might be uh alienating myself here but it is Talk so it. it is so much easier to be a social media influencer or uh, developing a personal brand and having a product to sell than being a music entity that is constantly just going, buy my record, pre-save, 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 buy my record, merch sale, pre-save, buy my record. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. Nope. It's just time is more important than anything. And so you have to provide a value that people are going to want to come back to. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. I I see it. It's especially bad on TikTok. I think it's because it's one of the newer platforms. But, you know, you see these people with the pre-saves and, and the, you know, hey, this is coming out, blah, 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 blah. I need, I need something to grab onto with that. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Now, if you gave yeah. me a little bit of a backstory as to why you wrote the song or what, and, you know, something, you got to give me something more than just, hey, my single's coming out pre-save. Yeah. You know, because I'm just going to scroll right past that. It's like, OK, cool, man. Like, I'm happy you're putting out music. But as a consumer of it, why, why do I care if you're not giving yeah. me anything to care about? There's no point. And I think one of the biggest problems is that mindset you were talking about. It's like, well, I'm just going to do the thing that everybody's done forever. It's like, well, not not nobody's doing that anymore. You know, yeah. everybody's putting in the 10,000 hours before anybody from the music industry is coming to them. You know, yeah. they're, they're already looking at them. It's like, well, this person, this band, this whoever already has an awesome social media presence. They know how to market themselves. They're professional, obviously, from what the work they put in. They're obviously serious. Yeah. Let's hit yeah. this person up and see what we can do for them now. You know? Yeah. The, the, th- the one thing that I see a lot that really just bugs me is uh, some, somebody as a social media personality puts out a single and you know the perception is that maybe they get they get a, a record deal out of it uh just for ex- s- off the top of my head uh like bad baby uh or um there was that girl i i don't know her name and i don't follow it up with the the one that was like period ah period uh, period ah, oh period, uh. yeah yeah she got a record deal mm-hmm. and people were like that's it atlantic records doesn't care about talent i was like time out Atlantic Records never cared about talent. Their job is to sell widgets. Yeah. And if you can put out, you know, a a single on YouTube that gets a million hits, that is what they're after. Mm-hmm. It's never been about good song. It's yeah. never been. It's a it's been about moving units. Yeah. And so, like I said, it's so much easier to be a personality with a product to sell than it is to be an artist trying to like reconcile the, the intersection of creativity and commerce like that's just it's a it's an uninteresting topic 
Yeah. And and the sooner that you you realize that or understand that that's how the the model works, the better off you'll be because you can either be like, okay, well, if this is ultimately what I want to do, then I'm willing to play by the rules and do the things that are necessary to get me to that level. Or you can go, you know what? No, thanks. Yeah. I make music for myself and maybe I can tell stories about, you know, other things that people might find interesting. And maybe down the road, if, uh, you know, I generate a certain number of followers, maybe I'll put something out and, and try to make a go of it. Yeah. Like that's a much more realistic path to go down than, than doing it the old fashioned. Well, yeah, it, it just doesn't, it, that, that mindset, I don't know. I, I was around a lot of um, musicians growing up, you know, local shops, local venues, stuff like that. And, and, you know, you would see the guys that kind of thought that old school way, they'd be around forever, but it's like they would never do anything because they right. were just kind of stuck in their ways. You know what I mean? But then you see guys and, th and they would get mad when, you know, you'd have some new kid on the block come in, really be hustling. And next thing you know, you know, a year or two down the road, he's getting picked up by somebody to, you know, do something, whether that's just them being a side man or actually recording an album and getting, you know, all the glory or whatever you want to call yep. it from that, you know? So it, it's, it's good to have people like you putting out those realistic expectations, because I think there's, like I said earlier, there's this mystique of what happens when you try to push in the music industry and you're trying to get in there and then it's just all going to fall in your lap and it's just all going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not going to be a whole lot of work that you got to do. I'm just going to write a great single or a great album and I'm going to be on top of the world, you know, and I forget what it was, but the statistics I saw, and it was just for like podcast or something from Spotify or Apple. I can't remember who it was, but the amount of, of content that is put out in the world every day you're not going to stand out unless you have something of value. Like you said, you know, you're not going to stand out just by playing guitar on Instagram. You're not going to stand out just by making funny YouTube videos or whatever. You know, you have to have something to give people. Well, yeah, and there's it, always the exception to the rule. Like there are people <clears throat> who are just extraordinarily talented and those people will always find a way to get through. Uh, you know, like uh, Mateus Asado is a great example of that. Yeah. Like the guy's got no game. It's just, he doesn't speak. He doesn't, he does nothing but play guitar and he plays guitar really, really, really well. And because he knows an, how to present himself, he's playing in Bruno Mars's band now, mm -hmm. you know, after spending, I think he, what a, he was playing with somebody else. I think it was, it might've been Jesse J. I can't remember, but yeah, you know, he, these, that's the other thing that people are like, I cannot believe this guitar player is playing with a pop star. Like the, the last example of that was uh, Nita Strauss. You know, yeah. She left Alice mm -hmm. Cooper's band to play with Demi Lovato. Um, but then, like, everybody forgets that Nuno Betancourt from Extreme was in Rihanna's band. And, yeah. you know, Mateo Sassato playing sideman for, uh, you know, for these pop deals. It's like, your job is to be a guitar player. And if your job is to make as much money as possible playing guitar, wouldn't you want the highest paying gig that's available to you? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, if that, and if that's playing with, you know, a pop star, that's the gig you should go for, 100%. Yeah, there, there's no reason, and that's, that's the thing too. I, I, hate, I hate how divided everything is, just on like stupid things that don't even matter. It's like musical genres, like, oh, I will not do listen to blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you're not really a musician then, you know what I mean? For yeah. me, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to absorb as much as I possibly can. Now, granted, that being said, 
I'm not listening to uh, Taylor Swift on the regular. She's a great songwriter, and I like she puts out good music, but it's just not my thing. But I'll tell you what, if I ever had the slightest even possibility of an opportunity to go play guitar for her for whatever, definitely taking it. There's no reason not to, you know, and I think that's what kind of gets um, that 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 bias of like, I'm not going to play with anybody that unless I like their music, it, it goes down to the lowest level. And I've seen guys even go to like open jams at like open mics and stuff like that and just talk shit to other musicians. And I'm like, look, man, why are you doing that? Yeah. You know, everybody's just here ha- trying to have a good time. And I don't know why there's such uh, like animosity, especially in like among guitar players, especially about other music. You know what I mean? I do. It's, well, enli- I, enlighten me then. I'm sorry. I, uh, I may actually made a video. It was, uh, it was like the top five toxic mindsets in the musician community. Mm-hmm. And all of them kind of revolve around the number one uh, toxic mindset, and that's insecurity. Yeah. Okay. That's really, that's it. Yeah. Because like you have things like, like you were saying, like binary thinking, it's either this or it's not, or, you know, or uh, just the, all the different ways that not being confident in who you are expresses itself externally because yeah. that that can be that can be what a lot of things it could be uh constantly competing or bragging about things that you've done or name dropping or uh you know acting like gigs are beneath you or uh slagging other musicians because they uh they found more success than you have mm-hmm. it's all about insecurity insecurity is the one thing that makes being in a group the hardest because yeah. everybody's got them i'm an ex- i'm an insecure person but i i've done some work to make sure that when i'm like the let's say the least talented person in the room that i don't let that like be the external way that i express myself absolutely yeah that makes 100 that makes so much sense i mean i i i kind of i kind of knew that is just one of those things that you like it's hard to like put it into perspective, I guess, sometimes. But yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Um, and I've also noticed that a lot of people that have that sort of mindset are usually not the people that are really doing a whole lot. No. You know what I mean? They're, they're just kind of like the, the keyboard warriors or the people at the venues that are just like standing with their arms folded, you know, in the corner, you know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't make, and, but it does make sense that now the insecurity thing, because, you know, I've never seen a lot of those guys, at least in my experience, at those like open jams or stuff like that, that will actually like get up and do anything after they're talking shit to everybody yeah. else. You know what I mean? So it, I think that's one of the bad things with, well, that's definitely one of the pitfalls for social media is that mental health of like individuals that are trying to be that in that creative mindset that have those handful of jerks on the internet that are just like, oh, hey, why are you doing this? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I, I've, I've never understood that, I guess, because I, I don't really pay attention to that sort of thing. Because if you look at like a comment section, especially on something you do, that's really successful, there might be a handful of people being an asshole, but most of the people in there are, if they're commenting, they're being really supportive of you, you know? Right. I I think it's weird that like everybody like focuses on the negative, but kind of like what you were saying too about TikTok, you know, wanting you to post stuff to make old guys mad. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the, the anger sells, you know, it's what makes people click and interact. So it's right. kind of a, it's kind of a weird balancing act. Yeah. It, it, well, the, the, that concept is called negativity bias. It's a thing right. that we are like, as human beings are 
are engineered to kind of gravitate towards. And it is also why I can make a video and get 20 comments that say, yup, nailed it, spot on. And one guy goes, you're dumb. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I care about is that one guy. Yeah. But yeah. in reality, you, you don't get, you, you typically don't get negative attention uh, if you're not doing something right. Because I was just about to say, yep. That whatever it is that draws that out of people is typically because they see something in you that they envy, that they yep. want. It comes back um, to the insecurity thing. Exactly. And you, know, you were talking about like these guys that kind of just stay where they are and never get anywhere. There's this, there's this moment in uh, the movie Hatch, that Will Smith movie with Ava. Oh, Mendes, yeah. Where mm -hmm. he's like, he's the, the love guru or how mm -hmm. you, you know, he's basically like one of those guys that like tricks women into wanting to date you. And there's like a flashback to like this girl that he was in love with in college. And he's, he like walked up to her making out with some guy, like some other guy in a, in, in a car. And he's like banging on the windows. He's like, tell me what I, what I, what I did. Tell me what I did. And the guy just goes, come on, man, you're doing it right now. Right. It's the right. energy that you're putting out. It's, it's the, yeah, it's, it's, that's a hundred percent what it is. Mm -hmm. Is that is that negative energy that that insecurity that just nastiness that people can see it. They see through it and they're like, mm, no thanks. Yeah, and it it goes back to the the thing we were kind of talking about earlier. It's like once once you kind of show your hand, if that's how you are, you know, not a whole lot of people are going to want to work with you if that's the goal in mind is to be professional. You know, yep. and when I say professional, I don't mean like I think that word gets mixed around with like being really like a phenomenal musician being professional you're just you're making money playing music you yep. know what i mean and that's that's the thing that i think people get wrapped up in too is like at least for me I've, i went through that for a long time especially being here um you know trying to get chops up as best i could because there were people i would go to and jam with that would just rip me apart because yeah. i you know i couldn't keep up with them which is a good thing to have in my opinion i, I always try to look at it from that perspective but at the same time there's always that little nagging in the back of my head, just like, oh, dude, you're not good enough. You're not going to get the gig. You know, they're not going to like you because you can't play these parts and you can't play them right. And but at the end of the day, it, I I remember getting, you know, talking to a few people. It's like me being just a cool guy was was what what the ticket was, you know. Yeah. And and once you start to see that trend of people being assholes, no one's going to, I know I'm just kind of backtracking right now, but I, it's something I've been trying to relay to people, but it seems like I'm just talking to a wall. Yeah. I, I well, don't know why. Well, I, 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 I deal with it all the time. People don't want to hear what I'm telling, what, what I'm right. saying, because it doesn't align with what they think it should be like. Mm -hmm. But like, so you were talking about, you know, the things that you can do to, to make yourself marketable and chops is one thing, but there's so many other components to that, that people don't necessarily consider. So other things that are, are beneficial when you are a musician looking for work is uh, versatility. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, can you play bass? Can you play mandolin? Can you play steel guitar? Do you sing? Yeah. Do you sing is like the number one, like if you want to work, Learn to sing because every person that I know that is like working and like in, in it, like that's like number one. Yeah. You've got to be, you've got to, you've got to add value besides just what it is happening right in front of you. Yeah. And I've gotten more gigs being a guitar player who sings 
than probably anything. I also happen to have a pretty solid upper range. So, uh, in because I've been in bands for thirty some odd years, right? You know, my my ability to add harmonies, produce harmonies, like all of this stuff are super valuable. And for me, I make I consider myself a singer who plays guitar, not the other way around. And I kind of know what I need to be able to play as a guitar player in order to do the kind of gigs I want to. Right. Right. I'm much more comfortable being a singer uh, doing like lead work, like as a vocalist who plays rhythm guitar, maybe occasionally does leads. Um, I've never really been interested in being like a super shredder phenom guitar player because I, it's, I, I didn't have to work as hard to learn to sing high, I guess. I don't know. Well, well that too. And, and people need to realize too, with, with, with the guitar playing, especially, you know, at the end of the day, the audience, they, they want to have something memorable they can hum in their head. And you doing sweeping, tapping, string skipping craziness on your guitar. Yeah, that's cool for a very limited amount of time. Yeah. The audience is just going to drop off and not care anymore. You know what I mean? They want to hear something memorable. They want to hear something that fits the song. And yeah. that's, that's the biggest piece of advice I ever was giving to like other guitar players, especially. It's like, if you're going to... like jam people or, or audition or anything it's like do everything you can possibly do to benefit that piece of music you're playing like yeah. nobody Add cares value. that yeah nobody cares if you can shred that doesn't mean anything to anybody because most people that have been playing their instrument for a decent amount of time can do some sort of shredding but you if you don't if you don't take that opportunity and you're showing also the artists that you're going to work for that you're, you're there to play their music you're not there just to be like hey look what i can do you know, you're there to support them and the song. Yep. You well, know? and I, I, I heard this a while ago, and I've, I've taken it to heart. Speed is like salt. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that you need to add to a composition, but it shouldn't be, if you have too much of it, it's going to taste bad. Right. So, you know, use it like a, use it as a garnish. Use it as a, as a, as a spice, as a part of the, uh, of the, of the stew. Don't make it the whole thing. And right. the only people, because the only people who care about you playing how fast you play are other guitar players. Right. And if you are playing music or you're trying to record and write music uh, solely to impress other musicians, you are totally missing the boat. Yeah. You're, you're playing to a very small percentage of the population. Who are 100% ungrateful for the thing that you're trying to, to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. They're like, thanks, I hate it. Right, right. You're just gonna, like I said, a guy in the stand in the corner with his arms crossed. You know, that's what he's gonna be looking like. Yep. Thing during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like home office and all that good stuff. So. Right. Well, I kind of wanted to shift to that actually, talking about the you know two years or two and a half years that you know musicians weren't really playing anymore. Was yeah. was that kind of when? you shifted to like the more social media route or did, were you kind of already doing that to begin with? I was definitely doing it. We, you know, the podcast was started yeah. in 2018. So yeah. we had, we had, um, you know, almost a hundred episodes under our belt before things kind of went sideways. Okay. And for us and for me specifically, it, the podcast became an outlet mm-hmm. to um, kind of share how we were feeling as musicians who couldn't gig uh necessarily and and it became more important to just be there to just kind of commiserate with other people 
because you know we 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 did multiple car like episodes that were solely focused on like mental health and yeah. self-care and, and that kind of thing because a lot of us were hurting really bad during that time um i will say that it gave me uh the opportunity to focus more on video content so for sure the youtube thing was definitely something that came out of uh the pandemic and not being able to play because uh, i was like well how could i like take some stuff that i've already said maybe like blog posts that were written and maybe like condense them into something a bit more digestible you know fashion so over the course of the you know two years i I learned how to shoot and I learned how to edit and I, you know, got all this gear and now I, I have all of this stuff and it's just kind of like, it's a lot. And it, it, yeah. it, it, it's kind of almost shifted though because now I really enjoy the storytelling creation stuff. Like I'm still getting that kind of like jolt that I get from performing doing this. Right. And, and music almost becomes like this thing is like, you you kind of feel like it's the uh, the tail wagging the dog. Like in order for me to be the content creator who talks about music, I have to play, uh, which which is really a, a unique experience because like yeah, this past year it being super busy, and I was like, man, this used to be fun, and it was fun for a little bit after we got back into the swing of things. But like, there's a lot of other just stuff that is going on that uh, makes it harder to get it all you know done every week. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of those things, like, like I was talking about earlier, you know, having multiple things happening. I think once the pandemic started and people realized it's like, well, if I'm still going to try to do this, I have to be online. I saw so many people out of necessity just doing that. And a lot of people didn't really make it either. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it was a real shame to see um, some, of, some of the more local guys that I, I pal around with, you know, they, they were really struggling just because they were not really into the social media thing they're starting to now which is yeah. well within the past probably year but uh, you know i'm telling them it's like dude you should have been on it you know because at, at that time it's like what are you going to do you're you're going to just quit now you're trying to find a job now you're trying to, you know and nobody's hiring because everybody's yeah. freaking out you know it, it's one of those hard things that that had to you really had to pivot extremely quickly and you and the only people that really were successful are the people that you know were able to take that bad situation and be like, nope, we're not doing it. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to shift to this, and this is what's going to happen from here on out. But I've also seen a common trend with people that were successful with the social media route during those like two and a half years that have that kind of same mindset of you. It's like, well, this is almost more fun. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing like playing for an audience. You know, yeah. having that direct feedback that that's that's the drug or drink or whatever you can't get from anywhere else you know what i yep. mean but for me personally i i i've really just enjoyed you know being at home playing you know putting out content i mean i still work a nine to five but i mean nonetheless yeah. it's still you know you get that you get sort of that same thing and it's almost a little different too of that feeling of satisfaction because you're 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 giving somebody like we've said multiple times already you're giving value to something now it's like yeah. now i'm not just playing you know a cover gig for a bunch of people at a bar or at you know a small venue or something like that that are just gonna enjoy the show i'm providing something that can make somebody's day better i'm providing something that can change their perspective i'm you know there's a lot more that the ball can roll on now yeah i think from my perspective it's the it's the fact that i own a business yeah like so 
it's not just I'm a guy who plays in a band. I I own the band. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's it's all the logistical stuff. Like everything once once you know downbeat starts, like you're in that zone, mm-hmm. and that part is awesome, or it can be. Um, all the stuff leading up to that, you know, we just did a we did a, a weekend of weddings. Uh, I got the flu and oh, had to man. sub out. I had to sub out an entire band for one night and then sing with less than a third of, of a tank, you know, vocal wise yeah. the next night. Um, in or, and, and then just like that kind of stuff where it's just like, I don't want to do this. Like I want to lay in bed. Um, but you know, we, we've got a, we've got a, a corporate event this coming weekend that is literally less than a mile from my house. Oh, nice. It's like, I don't have to bring the PA. I just have to like bring my gear and our in-air rack and, you know, I'll be home within like 15 minutes after we pack up. Right. Like that, like we, a funny thing, we, my, my band played there uh, a couple of months ago and I forgot the set list. So I just walked home. Oh, dude. Yeah. So that's like I the mean, perfect scenario right there. Yeah. And, and our, the little area that we're in, um, I'm in the Metro Atlanta area. Okay. There's literally like 12 or 15 performance opportunities, like less than like within a square mile of where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. I could literally, if I wanted to play every night of the week, I could, I could make that happen in this little area. Um, but I don't want to. And, right. and I, I've realized that like, there's just certain kinds of gigs that I enjoy and certain ones that I don't. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the solo acoustic, like For restaurant sure. bar gig. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's other people who do that better than I do. And what I do isn't like, doesn't, it's not conveyed well in that medium. Right. So, you know, there's definitely, I, as I've gotten older and kind of established myself, I, I, I've been able to decide what I am willing to do, what I'm not willing to do. And I've also been trying to like build up a, a, team and a, a set of systems so that if i'm not available the band can play without me right and you know i can still do all the other stuff yeah and so yeah. that was a big goal for this year was that like i want to be able to go on camping trips with my son on the scout tri- you know when they when scouts do something or you know go travel you know to a beach and and let the let the band do what the band does mm-hmm. um and that was really hard. That was a, that was the biggest challenge I probably I've I've dealt with, um, mostly because for the past ten years this thing has been solely in in these hands. Like yeah, I I I was the I was the music director. I was the booking agent, the manager, the stage guy. All of like I was everything, including the lead singer and guitar player. So like letting bits and pieces of that job go and just trusting that other people can do it the way that I, that I can do it uh, was tough, but it's actually been a net positive because I'm not good at lots of those things. Right. And other people in, on my, uh, in my group and who are on my team are yeah. and letting them do that <clears throat> benefits me and benefits them because they're in like their area of expertise and can excel at something. Whereas I like dread it. So um, it's a, it's a hard lesson learned for sure. Well, I think it's one of those things that you kind of almost have to do when you're starting off though, you have to be doing everything yourself, you know, 
and I can't imagine, you know, having, you know, not not that I'm saying you you were like a control freak about anything, but you were just. So I am a control to... freak. Okay, well there you go then. We're good. <laughs> I but... yeah, I am obsessive. I am a I'm a perfectionist. I I am super super critical, mostly of myself. Yeah. But yes, all those things are true. Well, but but I can't imagine then with with you saying that too. How insanely hard that had to be to let some of that responsibility go but it's really awesome that you recognize that you're not good at certain aspects of it and now you have people in place that are significantly better that's only going to improve what you're doing now yeah. you know having having some of the burden lifted off you other people can excel at what they took from you you're it's just going to be it's one of those things that just like take what you got do really well with what you're doing but if you need to delegate it out, make sure you can. And now you're in that position, like you said, too, where you are able to delegate. You don't have to do everything yourself as yeah. much as I'm sure you'd like to, but you don't have to. Yeah, it, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, there, when you are in charge of things, you know, the, the hardest part or the, the worst part about being your own boss is that you have to be everybody else's boss, too. Yep. And, and there's been a lot of growing pains trying to do these things mm -hmm. um i had a situation where uh the first gig where i sat out um we i was literally i was on the other side of the country and um i got back and got an i had an email in my inbox from my guitar player he's like i quit i was like like it went like things went that poorly wow and, and i had to uh at least from from his perspective so i had to like mm -hmm. talk through that with him and try to figure out like you know what's actually going on this seems like a rash decision given what you described like w what's happening and you know we were able to kind of like get to the 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 crux of the issue it, it had very little to do with what was what happened at the gig in my absence so i was like I'll tell you what, I'm, we're just gonna pretend like that email never happened mm -hmm. and we can talk about this you know in a couple of days right and it, it, it all got sorted out but yeah i mean that's the kind of stuff that you know you've got to deal with and there's there's there, there are a bunch of other things as well, but it's, it's tough and you got to be willing to, you know, take it on the chin sometimes and uh, hear people out when they're not happy and try to figure out ways to show them that you value that. Like it's, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's, it's, it's like running any other business. Yep. Uh, it's just that um, y your business, you can, you can drink on the job. Right, right, right. Well, that that's the bad part about or not bad it's the good and bad part about owning your own business regardless of what you're doing you know you're responsible for the successes and you're responsible for the failures even yep. if you're not present you know what i mean yep. something like that happens and i'm sure it was something like you said I, I i don't want to get in the details if you don't want to but i'm sure it was something that really probably wasn't that big of a deal it, it, that particular situation it was um it was like a, it was a mental health kind of situation yeah. it was it was outside forces. It was kind of like, but on the same note, if my band is like a thing that you are like playing a show with my band is a thing that you are like dreading because of all the other stuff going on. Like that's a problem too. Yeah. And I need to figure out why that's happening. Yeah. So there's a lot of personnel stuff. There's a lot of, you know, you just have to, you have to be a boss and yeah. you have to be a good one because if you're a crappy boss, people don't want to work with you. Yeah. It, that's a, that's a two way street, you know? We we talk a lot about you know being crappy employees or being crappy bandmates. Well, if you if you're a crappy boss, then you know no one will want to play in your band. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, I don't like the word boss though in that situation because you're 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 more of like in a leadership position. I mean, I know those are kind of the. I I, I don't know because because you're. I don't want to say mentoring either, but that that's sort of what you're doing too with the, that band. It's like you're getting them to up to that level and then and then providing something for the audience when when you get there. But all the work that went into that band first, it's not really you being a boss. It's you managing and using leadership tactics to get it to that point yeah you know I mean? it's it's i would say that's it's two sides of the same coin like as a leader you are doing the things that a boss would do um yeah. and casting vision is a part of bringing people in and making sure that they understand what the expectations are and what you know what what the common goals are you know those are that's that's what a, a leader does mm -hmm. and you know in my world i this it's my project. I, I own all of the assets. I'm the person doing the advancing and the contracts and all that stuff. And, and I pay my guys like contractors, you know, they get their, um, they get their 1099s at the end of the year and I'm the one doing the taxes on all the other stuff. And, you know, maybe I'll turn a profit, you know, this year, fingers crossed, but well, that's the uh, goal. It's a, it, it's a challenge, man. It is. Um, this is probably one of the first years we've had like monthly overhead. We're like, I've got things that have to, be accounted for mm. uh and it's just it, being in it that's what people need to understand is that if you want to do music for money like it is a business and you know when you see some kind of monster and you see like metallica sitting in like meetings with dudes in suits like it may not be to that level but that is what you have to look at it that way mm -hmm. yeah there's well if you if you don't you might get to a certain point but once you get to a certain point where you have to be at that where you have to have that mindset all you're going to do from there is just fall short and then no yep. one's going to want to you know everything's just going to fall apart and you're going to have to start over again you know yep. what I mean? within a sense you know maybe not from the ground up but it's definitely going to be a pitfall that you know you don't want to have to go through and, and like I've already said, man, that's that's one of the reasons why I've, I really enjoy, especially your TikToks. It's like you have a condensed little thing of like, hey, here's the issues that I've encountered. Here's how you should counteract them. But at the end of the day, you know, you're you're just providing something. You're you're showing mistakes that have been made, maybe not from you specifically, maybe from you specifically, but just trying to help people navigate this weird world that they might not have an understanding to. Because there's a lot of general misconceptions as far as the music industry goes. Like well, you yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, the, the concept of like being in a group that makes like three to five grand a show is crazy to, to most people. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be in a world where that is how it works, you have to have some, some stuff in place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why I, you know, I, uh, I offer uh, a blank contract and like a writer template uh, yep. on my website because most people don't know what those look like and yeah. they don't know what should be in them. So uh, that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to like introduce to people because I didn't know any of that stuff when I started. And that contract has been like, I mean, it's years in the making. It's, it's on, I can't even tell you how many revisions I've, I've made in it at this point, but it's like. It's like this living, breathing document. So, um, you have to, you you have to be evolving. You have to constantly be learning, and you have to also have to be willing to fail. Uh, yes. 
I, I, I unfortunately learn the most when that happens. I, I wish it wasn't so, wish it wasn't so effective. But yeah. It seems to be uh, the only way I learn is uh, I have to try something and, and it has to just explode my face in a fantastic fashion. Yeah. I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the, I don't want to say only, but it's, it, it is the best way to learn as long as you look at it from that perspective, because now you know exactly what not to do again. You know, and, and going in with that mindset of anything that you're doing, it doesn't have to be music, just anything in general. If you try in something new, you're not going to be good at it. You need no. to be able to fail. You need to be able to pick yourself up, dust off, be like, okay, we're not going to do that again. That really yep. sucks, but we're fine. You know, we're, we're going to push forward. And that, that resiliency is another thing that I, I see on your channel, especially on TikTok and you know, even in the, like you were saying, the mental health episodes of the podcast, stuff like that. It's like the mental resiliency is not something I think you, I think people are sometimes innately just born with that resiliency, but it is something you can kind of like try to callous yourself up to, so to speak. You know what I mean? Well, in talking about, you know, resiliency and podcasting, I mean, the, the cover band confidential, which is the name of my podcast is, uh, we're next week will be our 250th episode. Nice. Congratulations, dude. It, it is quite a milestone, but there is no secret to getting to 250 episodes. Right. You just put an episode out every week, mm -hmm. whether you have something to talk about or not. Yeah. That is For what sure. it takes. If you yeah. want to be successful at something, put something out when nobody's paying attention and do so until somebody starts paying attention. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've experienced this too. It's like, it's one of those things where nobody is paying attention to you for the longest time. At least that's how it feels. Nobody is paying any attention to you. And the next thing you know, everyone is paying attention to you. You can't keep up with your emails. You can't keep up with your DMs. You can't keep up with booking. You know, that's when you kind of got to, like you said earlier, you got to kind of spread it out a little bit, delegate it out maybe if you have to, get some people to help work with you that mm -hmm. are, excel at whatever you're doing. But that's one of the, the hardest things I've, especially guys that, and girls that have been just starting off on the social media thing, especially it's like, stop worrying about the validation of numbers right now, because right now nobody cares. Yeah. You have to make them care. And you, the way you make them care is one by putting out quality content, but the other is just by showing up every day and putting something out. Well, yeah. And, and what people need to understand is that like there, there's, there's gotta be some sort of formula to it. And it's hard to feel like what you're doing is formulaic, um, but you have to kind of figure out the balance. The, the way that I talk, so my whole thing with TikTok blew up because there was a series of stitches where people were like, what's an, un, what's an unpopular guitar opinion? Mm -hmm. The one that really got people mad was being a band is no longer a viable business model in the music industry. And the follow-up uh, video where I explained why that was, was the one that like, was like a rocket ride. Like mm -hmm. that, that one hit like 350,000 views and uh, Edwin McCain started following me and Herman oh, Lee from nice. Dragon Force started following. Like it right. was, it was, it, that's, it, it all happened like that. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, I was just, I didn't know how TikTok worked and you just kind of have to dig at it until it, yeah. it picks up um and the thing with like the the podcast it, it just it was a it was a slow burn um but at 250 episodes you know where we 
we crossed over 50,000 downloads for the first time in a calendar nice. year. Um, we were just under it in 2021. We hit 50K in October. So, awesome. So, you know, we're, we're on track to, you know, bust a bunch of records. Is, but the funny thing to realize is that that's like small potatoes in, in, the, in the podcast world. It's simultaneously like this huge accomplishment and like not doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Yeah. Because, you know, we're the, the statistic is like, oh, you know, you're in the top 2.5% of all podcasts on the planet. It's like, okay. But inside of that 2.5% is like, I don't know, 50,000 podcasts. Right. And only the 0.0001% at the very top are like making huge, you know, deals off it and, you know, sustaining themselves. You know, this is still a very time consuming hobby for me. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we are cash positive. You know, we've got a, a nice little Patreon community um, that keeps the lights on and helps us, you know, pay for services and things like that. But uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's hard. Yeah. But I, I started this because I wanted to help people. Yeah. And so I will continue to do that until I don't feel like I'm being helpful anymore. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that's one of the biggest things. It's like, you, you know, going out and, and playing, you know, the cover gigs and stuff like that, you, you know, you are going out to make some money, you know what yeah. I mean? But, but your social media stuff, that's, I've never gotten that like weird vibe from you. You know, it's like, you're just trying to help people. That's really at the end of the day, all it's all about, whether it's the podcast, whether it's TikTok, whether it's YouTube, whatever you're doing, you know, the, the, that's, that is the value that you're providing. You're providing knowledge and experience and, you know, solid opinions, at least in my opinion, you know, you're not, you're not giving anybody any crap or, you know, shooting anybody the wrong way with the way things really are. You're just keeping it real. And it yeah. might not be, it might not be perceived well, just because that might not be what people want to hear, but it, it is something really important that needs to be said for a lot of musicians, especially a lot of younger musicians too. Yeah. Well, so thanks to Spotify, I know that um, the podcast was 1905 minutes of content was released nice. this year. Uh, all of that, of course, is free, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, the, the YouTube stuff. And um, I do things that, you know, are in exchange for money, but those are not my primary focus. Like, exactly. I do, I, you know, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching um, around this particular topic or personal branding and that kind of stuff. And I have some products like the contracts, Ableton templates and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But those are just things that are like, hey, I, you know, I spent the past five years giving you stuff for nothing. If if you see this and you think fifteen dollars or twenty five dollars is is worth it, you know, here it is. Right. But I'm gonna continue continue to do the other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's no reason not to. You know, it's like if people want to do it, they'll you know hit you up and they'll drop some stuff your way. But the Patreon stuff is is really you know. That, that's really where it's at for me. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you have a fan base that's loyal to you that, that cares enough to pay you something every month. Like that's, that, that gets to the point where it's like, I can't believe that's actually happening. You know what I mean? It, it really kind of vindicates what you've been doing for, for all those years. You know what I mean? Well, in, 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 in my case, what they're really getting out of Patreon is access. Yes. So that $5 tier, you get into a, a Slack channel with like a, small group of folks that are focused on being successful musicians and, and making it a solid revenue stream. 
Mm-hmm. So you're not dealing with all of the, you know, the haters or, you know, people right. that aren't in it for the right reasons. So, and, you know, you if you ask a question, me or my co-host or, or, you know, any of the other geniuses in that group are going to provide valuable information. Like that's, that's what you're getting, you know, for, for that thing. And it's weird because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I, if I start a Patreon, I have to come up with all of these perks and I have to do all these things. We did a survey and people are like, nah, like we've got that one tier. We've got one above that, that has like kind of like pre and post pod conversations mm-hmm. where right. it's way looser, way, way more honest. Um, and then there's a, there's a, a coaching tier and like a, and like one that nobody has. I, I, I put a hundred dollar tier as like, this has no benefits. If you just want to brag on your friends that you can afford to pay a hundred bucks a month, go for it. <laughs> Nobody's done it, but you should always give people an opportunity, you know, yeah. it may surprise you, but yeah. yeah, I mean, ultimately the, the access and, um, the knowledge is, is why we're, we have just that kind of pay tier. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the value right there. You're, you're yep. cutting, you're cutting through, you know, you're, you're getting straight to the point and you don't have anybody else bothering you. You know what I mean? Yep. That, and that's worth $5 a month. You know what I mean? It's not, Easy. it's yeah, no problems at all. I don't have to deal with the trolls. Yep. Let's before we, uh, before we wrap this up, since you, we kind of already plugged a little bit, but let's plug the rest of your stuff. And then, um, I've been trying to do this new thing. Um, it's okay. might be a hefty toll to ask. So I apologize in advance if I'm putting you on the spot, Okay. but words of wisdom from you, maybe like a quick little thing of like what you can do whether you're starting off, whether you're young, whether you're old, just, just something that you've, you've had happen in your life that's really helped you out and that the advice that you'd like to share with the rest of the people listening. So if you are a musician who wants to do this as a, as a way to make your living, learn as much as you can, be as versatile as you can, but you need to spend just as much time learning about the business side of things for sure and your ability to get along with people than anything else because like we said before it doesn't matter how good you play if nobody wants to be around you right and if you in in this industry you're going to be one of two people you're either going to be the person who gets paid at the end of the gig or you're going to be the person signing the check and absolutely those are two very different paths and they require a different set of skills and you need to think long and hard about what path you want to take and do that before you kind of start working your way down the line because you may end up spending 10 years of your life realizing you should have been in the other lane the whole time there you go yeah 100 percent. well and you provide a lot of resources for that awesome piece of advice right there so let's get those plugs in too yeah so uh if you are interested in checking out the podcast or the youtube channel uh it's cover band confidential you can go to coverbandconfidential.com or search cover band confidential on the podcast platform of your choice youtube uh i have a personal website uh where i talk about all these you know content creative stuff that i do um i also have a personal youtube channel that is kind of i'm spinning up right now uh, nice. I'm in the process of releasing, uh, of putting a video together about the trip that I took out to Oregon this past uh, week. I got the uh, opportunity to help my buddies uh, tour Mikey's house from the Goonies before it got put on sale. Oh, nice. And so we did this whole like Goonies road trip thing. It was yeah. 
insane. Um, but uh, all of my other stuff is under my name, which is Adam Patrick Johnson. I don't go by Adam Patrick Johnson in, in general. It's just there were so many Adam Johnsons in the world. It was I had to put my middle name in there to boot. Absolutely. But AdamPatrickJohnson.com um, or Adam Patrick Johnson on uh, any of the social platforms. Uh, that is where I'm at. If you want to see me make hot takes about music stuff, your, your best bet is TikTok. For sure. Well, I'll have all those linked down below too. Well, hey, Fantastic. Adam. I had a great time talking to you, dude. Jake, man, this has been awesome. It's Absolutely. you know, it's one thing to you know send you funny TikToks, uh, you know, while I'm getting ready to put the kids on the bus in the morning. But absolutely, sitting and and having a conversation is uh is an absolute delight. Yeah, dude. You know, it's and all I about the personal it. connections, man. A hundred percent. Hey, th- here's a, here's a fun little tidbit that I'll leave you with. That trip to go to Mikey's house was from a DM that I sent in 2019 from a drummer and a cover band that I thought had some cool stuff going on. I was like, hey, man, I dig what you're doing. Let's work together sometime. We became friends. Uh, he's got a, a podcast called The Confused Breakfast, which does oh, cool. like movie, uh, vintage movie reviews. And um, he was like, hey, man, we're going to get to go into this house. And I was like, you need a cameraman? And he's like, book a flight. Let's go. And that was right. it. So you never know what a dm can can uh can lead to so don't be afraid to put your neck out absolutely that's i mean that's the only reason why i get guests on here half the time is i just shoot a dm yep you know and it's either yeah i can do it or no i can't do it right now but we'll reschedule so yeah i mean this has been months in the making as <laughs> well yeah but you know busy people man that's how it works it's all good yep. but no no worries whatsoever but hey for adam we're gonna go ahead and wrap this podcast up and we will check you guys next week on Man the Helm Podcast. Yeah.